Thanks, and um, if you have not uh, signed the connection pads, would you please take a moment to, to do that? Uh, the, our connection pads is one of the ways in which we are able to connect with uh, definitely our first-time guests. Uh, no, we're not going to show up at your house unannounced, but if you do want prayer, if you would like the, a phone call from the elders or the pastor, me, uh, you can put that in the connection pad. So uh, please take a moment to fill that out. And also on October 20th, if you look on the back of your worship guide, our Sunday equipping classes will be starting up for all ages. And so we are encouraging all of our members and guests to, to come to be part of that. Our Sunday equipment classes is Christian education, and that's what we do in that time. And so, so we're asking everyone to participate. October 20th will be our Sunday equipment classes. All right. If you have your Bible, open it to Psalm, 1, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Last week, I preached through the first three verses. This week, I'm going to focus on verses 4 through 6. Psalm 23. Christians don't have to live as slaves to fear. You as an individual don't have to live as a slave to fear. And we as a congregation don't have to live and function as slaves to fear. Even a fear that we may be currently facing. And all that is true because of who Jesus is for us, not who we are for him. Okay, because sometimes we think we got to be more than what we are. No, it's who Jesus is for you that allows you to struggle with fear without being a slave to it. And we address who Jesus is for us last week in Psalm 23, verses one, two, three, verses one through three. And he is our good shepherd. He is your good shepherd. So let me hear you say it. Jesus is our shepherd. And if he's not my shepherd, I have issues. You do. If he's not your shepherd, then you're going to have issues. Jesus is a shepherd who particularly cares about each of his sheep the same way. He doesn't have favorites. And just in case you're wondering, we're all black sheep, okay? <laughs> so we all are. He's a shepherd who provides for us, a shepherd who gives us a restful peace, a shepherd who restores our soul, a shepherd who guides his sheep on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So Jesus continues to be Emmanuel for you. Not in the past, not in the future, right now. But do you believe it? Look with me at Psalm 23. Our brother David says, the Lord, I'm going to change the pronouns here. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though we walk through the valley of shadow of death, we will fear no evil for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil. Our cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not sometimes, not often, forever. And in the Hebrew, forever means forever. Please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, as we come to this particular time in the service, we need you. The preacher, no matter how gifted the preacher may be, preaching has no power without you. It has no power without you. You are the one. You are the third person in the Godhead. The pastor and preacher is not. He is just a vessel to be used for God's glory and not his own. So, Holy Spirit, will you take this preached word, apply it to my heart and apply it to the hearts of everyone that's here. Apply it to their emotions, apply it to their minds, apply it to their circumstances, apply it to their families, apply it to their struggles. Speak into it. So give each of us the humility that we need to receive the word. We've all heard we had we all heard this Psalm 23 several times over. Thousands of sermons and books have been written on this particular psalm. And some people are here saying, oh, I already know what it's talking about. Give them the humility to say, maybe there's something that I've never seen before. Because we will never get to a place where we can figure all your word out on this side of glory. So give us all the humility, Holy Spirit, to allow you to do a work in us today at this moment. It's in Christ's name that I pray. pray. Amen. Struggling with fear and being a slave to fear are two different things. When you're enslaved to fear, when you're truly enslaved to fear, you can't move. Okay? You can't move. You, you become mentally and physically trapped. You, your anxiety rises. Stress rises. You, pro, you can't even function. You, your body can even become sick when you're filled with so much fear. But in Christ, beloved, in Jesus, you can struggle with fear without being a slave to it. In Christ, you can struggle with fear and still move and still make decisions and still act, push forward. You can embrace it without it owning you in Christ. But do you believe that? David says in verse four, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death. It's times of deep darkness. Okay? Times of deep darkness. Remember David's life. He's just not being a poet here. This brother had times of deep darkness in his life. He's the man after God's own heart, but he had some issues and he went through stuff. He did. And so this is like the dark night of the soul. In this valley, if we're honest about it, the valleys that we go through, it does bring fear into our life. But do you believe it? All people, all Christians will go through the valley of the shadow of death at some point in their life. I don't care how many Bible studies you go to, how many conferences you go to, or how many John Piper, H.B. Charles sermons you listen to, that ain't going to change it. You're going to have your times in the valley without exception. And here's another thing you need to understand. It's important that we all realize that our valleys ain't always the same. Our valleys are not always the same. Just because 
you don't experience a certain valley doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. That's a amen statement, okay? Just because you don't experience a certain valley doesn't mean your brother and sister aren't going through it. So don't be self-righteous when it comes to valleys. Don't be judgmental while other people are in their valley. Don't just say, God is sovereign. Go on your way. Never forget, we all have issues. And if we forget that, that's an issue. So we all got brokenness in our life. And never forget that at some point, we all going to spend time in this valley. At some point, kids, you too. This ain't just for parents. This is not just for grownups. At some point, even at your young age, you are going to have valleys that you go through. It ain't just say, when I become a grown-up, they're going to have valleys. That ain't how life works. Even now, you're going to have your own valleys. Do you believe that? Your parents can't shelter you from the fall. It falls on all of us at some point. And how are you going to deal with your valleys, even as a young, at a young age? How are you going to walk through it? How are you going to walk through it? So what are some of these valleys? that we go through and will go through. There are valleys of depression, mental illness. Those are real. There's valleys of violence, injustice, isolation, abuse, health issues, addictions, racism, gun violence, poverty, persecution, relational brokenness is a huge valley. Sexual brokenness, gender identity. Those are all valleys that people will then go, go through. And these things ain't just for the world. These stuff, this stuff happens in the church. We spend so much time worrying about the world getting into the church, don't realize that we already got those issues here. And just because we have the right theology ain't going to change that. We are going to go through stuff. There will be valleys of homelessness, joblessness, and loneliness. And rubber stamping stuff with Bible verses don't change it. There will be valleys. Can you name yours this morning? Or have, do you think you have micromanaged your life so much that valleys can't get in? What are your valleys? Can you name them? Can you admit that you're in them? Don't deny it. Don't pretend. And please don't spiritualize it away. That's what Christians did. We spiritualize everything. Just say, I'm in the valley. Don't spiritualize it. Embrace it. Face it. And walk through it. Can you walk through it? TVC Saints, how you travel through the valley of the shadow of death makes a difference. The companions with you in the valley makes a difference. And the attitude you bring to the valley makes a difference. Our brother Paul says in Ephesians 5, he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. What days? Is it days in the Middle East that are evil? Is it days in other countries that are evil? Or is it days in Huntsville in America that are evil? Yes, pastor, it's all that too. It's all that too. Wisdom. It's one of the companions you need in the valley. 
And if you don't have wisdom, get on your knees and ask Jesus and he'll give it to you. Jesus is one of your companions in the valley. The Holy Spirit is your companion in the valley. Other people can be your companions in the valley. Assurance and boldness and confidence are attitudes you can have in the valley. And you can travel in your valley struggling with fear without being a slave to it. You will never get to the place where you don't struggle with fear. If that's your expectation, you are going to be disappointed. And you're going to be beating yourself up because I'm a bad Christian because I'm fearful. That's that's not from God. You can struggle with it without being a slave to it. That's the point. Look at our brother David. Look at his attitudes and his companion. He says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Our brother David brings assurance, boldness, and confidence into his valley. He does so because Yahweh is his shepherd. Remember, the first three verses sets the context for how he journeys through the valley. Yahweh is his comforting companion in the valley. Because of Yahweh, he can walk in wisdom. He doesn't lay down in the valley. He doesn't run away from the valley. He doesn't deny the valley. He doesn't hide in the valley. He engages the valley. He walks through the valley of the shadow of death, struggling with fear, but without being a slave to it. He can because Yahweh is his good shepherd and he shall not want. His shepherd gives him rest for peace. He gives him restoration and his shepherd guides him through the valley. Do you believe he does the same for you? Or he does that for other Christians. David's life. Is never outside the eyesight of his good shepherd. And neither is your life. But do you believe it? What does Psalm 139 say? Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and show, oh, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. TVC saints, you are never outside the eyesight of Jesus. Never. Never. Do you think you can outrun Jesus? You're not him. You're not God. He's there. He's with you. So you can walk through the valley of shadow of death, struggling with fear without being a slave to it, because Jesus is with you. His rod and his staff comforts you in the valley. But if you but if the but what if, but what if the valley is so dark that you can't walk? You ever felt like that? Things are so hard that you can't move. For some of us traveling through the valley. It's like a baby transitioning from crawling to walking. See, a baby doesn't come out of the womb walking. Now, if that happens, that's weird. There's baby steps a baby takes during the transition. Rolling around, crib walking, scooting, setting up, standing up, and finally walking. For some of us, you're going to have to crawl before you walk through the valley. You're going to have to crawl. Some of you are going to have to crawl when it comes to struggling with fear without being a slave to it. 
For some of you, you're going to have to crawl through the valley. And that's okay. Crawl with wisdom. Crawl with assurance, boldness, and confidence because Jesus is with you. And Jesus, he's not like a parent standing in front of you saying, come on, you can crawl, crawl. He crawls right beside of you. He gets on his hands and knees and crawls with you through the valley. Do you believe that? Right by your side as Emmanuel, as you make the transition from crawling to walking. He rolls around with you. He crib walks with you. He scoops with you. He sits up with you. He crawls with you. He stands up with you. And then when you're able to walk, he's right there by your side walking with you. Along the way, in the valley of the shadow of death. He's not on the other side waiting until you get out of the valley. He's in it with you. He's in it with you. And some of us don't believe that. And some of you kids going to grow up not believing that. Self-reliance is from the enemy. It is not from Jesus when it comes to this stuff. As Christians, we are utterly dependent upon him. Please know that. I said this once before. As Christians, we are on kingdom welfare. Please know that. Grace is food stamps. Your food stamps. Spend them. You don't get in his kingdom by working hard. You don't get in his kingdom by pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. You get in the kingdom because Jesus died for you. You stay in the kingdom because Jesus died for you. There's nothing you do. And if you think you navigate this valley by being a good person, by having all the right decisions, then you are living anti-gospel. The gospel says, no, he's with me even there. He's with me in that thing that I'm currently dealing with. Don't become practical atheists in the valley. Don't become practical atheists in how you live your life. And it's easy to do that in a culture in which we live. We are American Christians, and it impacts our view of Christianity. Jesus is your shepherd. Who sits in the Oval Office is not. Jesus is your shepherd, not your job, not your bank account, not your family name, not the country you live in, not your ethnicity, not your culture. Jesus is your shepherd. Anything else, your shepherd, you are living in idolatry. You are living in idolatry. Do you really believe that, saints? Right now, that he's your shepherd. On Monday morning, during my session with my counselor, yes, I see a counselor because I got issues. I share with her how emotionally needy I felt because of what was going on in my life and in the church. And I don't like being emotionally needy. It makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel like I'm not a good leader. And that's how I was feeling that day. And I fear that other people were going to see me struggling like this, like my elders and deacons. Like, man, Alex is so needy right now. But, but Kathy reminded me of this truth, that it's okay to feel needy and insecure. And it's even okay to reach out for help. And that's what I was doing, but I felt bad about it. I'm still learning to give myself permission to ask for help when I'm in the valley. Do you need to give yourself that permission? 
then you need to give yourself that permission. Please understand that many times Jesus' companionship and comfort in the valley of deep darkness comes from his church. Now, I wish he would come down from heaven and sit down and say, hey, how's on with you? Often, it's going to be through a brother and sister in Christ who gives me a phone call or texts me saying, I'm praying for you, Alex. That's him shepherding me. That's him shepherding you. It comes from being in fellowship and, and community with other believers. It even comes from being in counseling and therapy and taking medication. Jesus can even use unbelievers to comfort us too. So don't put limits on your shepherd. Don't bring your shepherd too far down to your level. Jesus is fully man, but he's also fully God. And this is his creation, and he has the freedom to use all the resources available to him to available to him to shepherd you. So don't don't curse your blessing. Don't curse it. And many times we plant the seeds of our own destruction in the valley because our pride won't let us reach out for help. When you do that, you're planting your own seeds to your own destruction in the valley. Die to your pride and pick up the phone and call somebody. What person or persons are standing with you and your family in your valleys? Who? Who can you call right now when you're in the valley? If you have no one, then that is not good. Who are you standing with as they go through their valley? Who are you standing with? Remember, saints. Just because you've experienced a valley doesn't mean other people haven't. And we can stand with each other in our valleys because of who Jesus is. Because remember, he stands with us. He's standing with you right now. He's standing with us right now. Even though we don't deserve to know his love and his mercy, he gives it to us. Again, you know, we weren't his boys when he died for us. Or his girlfriends. We were his enemies. Do you believe that? This is one of the struggles with American Christianity. We think God needs us. We look at all of our mission budgets and our big churches, and we think God's so lucky to have us on his team. What would Christianity do without Christianity in America? You know what it do? It'll still go on. Remember, God did speak through a donkey. We're not that important. So calm down. Calm down. Jesus is with us. Even when we make bad choices and decisions, he's with us. He stands with us when we're a horrible spouse to our spouse. He stands with us when we're, when, when we're ungracious to our kids. He stands with us when, kids are, when you're disobedient to your parents' kids. Jesus still stands with you. He stands with you. He stands with you as your friend. Do you believe that? That you're not just sheep to him. You are his friend. You're part of his family. You're part of God's family. You're a son and daughter of the king. And this stuff will change your life if you believe that. And if you're a young Christian, if you believe this stuff now, my goodness, how much joy are you going to have as an adult? Because you know who you are in Christ. It is not dependent upon what you do for him. How much freedom is in that? You are not some faceless, nameless person 
to Jesus. You're not just a face in the crowd. He knows your name. He knows your name. Like when you know that, like does that comfort you when you when I say that? Of all the billions of people in the world, Jesus still knows my name. I'm just a faceless person to him. He knows the number of hairs on my head. He knows me better than you know yourself. Those those words comfort you. Do they give you hope? Do they give you peace? David says in verses 5 and 6, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my hair with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know what those words mean? That your circumstances is not going to change your position before God. It won't change it. That you will have God's mercy. You will experience his goodness in the land of the living. That he is with you. The spirit is with you. This stuff have to be, has to be more than just me preaching these things. These things have to get deep down inside of your soul. I don't care if you've been a Christian for a minute or for 10 or 15 years. You still got to remind yourself of these truths. It has to be here, not just in our heads. When you go out this week, I want you to go out this week resting who Christ is for you, not trying to prove yourself to him, resting in who he is for you. As you go out on this fall break, Ask the Holy Spirit to help you see him. For some of you, asking him to give you the humility to ask for help. Let us pray. Jesus, you know our name. You know our name. You know our struggles, you know our pain, you know our joys, you know what makes us happy, you know what makes us sad, you know our issues, you know our broken places, and yet you love us the same. And yet you love us the same. I pray we rest in that. That we will rest in the fact that we have a good shepherd a good shepherd, that though life is hard, though life might not be what we want it to be, though we might not be at the weight we want to be, you are with us. You still adore us. You still shepherd us. And you, Emmanuel, Holy Spirit, our counselor, our helper, help us see, help us to see Jesus as he truly is. Not as we wish him to be, not as we think he is, but as he truly is for us. Yahweh Elohim, a good shepherd, Emmanuel. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.